Seeing those places and those faces moves me. Six years ago, I was there, and it feels like it was just yesterday. It's amazing when you think about the life of Nanu, and when he died, what he heard, without a doubt, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think about his life, and I think about how powerful he held hope, and how full of hope he was, this illiterate man who made tools for a living led that we know of over 35 people to saving faith in Jesus Christ in a hostile country where they were persecuted for possessing faith. And, and, and I, I hope that we don't hear that and, and just think, oh yeah, well that, that's there, it's different there, it's harder there than it is here. And what God has called us to is nothing less than what Nanu did, which is to live a life of hope and make sacrifice so other people can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't know what your hope is, but I want, I want to hear about it. And again, I want to encourage you to use social media to tell us about it and, and to continue just to put in hope is. We're going to have this video online sometime today, I'm sure. And if it gives you hope, then take it off Facebook and share it. Put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, put it on whatever you've got and, and share people with what your hope is. One of the things that, that gives me hope is you, the church. Hope is a family of faith that loves Jesus and loves one another. And there's, there's nothing like the local church. There's nothing like a body of believers coming together, committed for the cause of Christ to give the, the thing that only comes through a living God, and that is a living hope. I wish I had time. You know, isn't that the word of, isn't that the phrase that preachers, I wish I had time to tell you all the stories, but I, I really do. If I, could, if I could tell you just the stories of this week that, that I've seen, I mean, even all the snow and all the shutdown that's gone on this week, still there are stories of how the church is being the church. I'd tell you the story of, about a friend who's weeping and, and contacted me and said, what do I do for this lost family member who I'm sharing Christ with and they, they don't seem willing to budge and they're living in sin. What do I do? And, and we prayed together and it, and it warmed my heart to see their compassion and their mental understanding of the reality of what will happen to this person if they die in that condition and how it moves them to tears. I wish I could tell you about a woman in our church uh, that's struggling and a group of women have rallied around her to provide for her physical needs and also her spiritual needs and are providing counsel and comfort and walking with this woman that that many in her life have just given up on and just tossed aside and just said whatever and 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 you know there's always two sides to both story but i'm glad that as as far as her story goes for where she is right now she knows she's loved here and she's got people that are going to walk with her. Wish I could tell the story of a team that went far, far away, got delayed coming home, but were with a group of women who were once in human trafficking, who are now set free by the gospel of Jesus Christ to live a life of respect and decency because of the love of God and the love of a church. I wish I could tell you about a man who's at the hospital on Thursday caring for his dying wife waiting for the doctor to come, exhausted from the whole episode and hungry. And as he sat there, someone from Living Hope came in with a lunch, a bagged lunch, 
and just said, hey, whatever you're going through, I want you to know God loves you. Have something to eat. And how that moved that man to believe that God had not forsaken him, that he was not alone, that, that the truth of the gospel still stands no matter what he's going through. I can tell you of numbers of our families who are facing bad reports from doctors who are being prayed for, who are being encouraged, who are being called, who are being sent meals, who are, who are being told truth according to God's Word. And of a man who's been trapped in sin for a long time, who's, who told me he can't come back to our church because he's too embarrassed. But then having other men go to his house and said, we're going to bring you to church. We're going to sit with you in church because you belong to our family. That's the church. And that gives me hope. And, and, and I often grieve over the stories of people who don't have a church family. Because here's the reality. I mean, here's what happens. They still go through bad days. They still go through bad prognosis from a doctor. They still go through challenges and trouble. But they go alone. Yeah, maybe they have friends, maybe they have some family, but they don't have the supernatural power of God at work as people are praying for them. And they have an empty soul. God is not there, and there is darkness. And in death they know there is no hope. God has given us this great grace, and He means for it to be on display through His church family, through His people that He has saved by His grace, we are called to be a beacon of light and to lead more people to anchor their life and hope in Jesus. In our text today, we see the object of our hope and the blessing of our hope and the love of our hope and the joy of our hope. And, and I want to share that with you. So if you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to 1 John. This is the study for the year and this year of hope. And... Um, Let's read all of this section. Lauren Hayes is going to read for us. So Lauren, if you would come and let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. And she's going to go ahead and read this whole section of 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. We're going to focus specifically on verses 3 and 4. Lauren, if you would read that for us. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we look upon and have touched with our hands concerning the Word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things, so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The word of God. Thank you, Lauren. If you would, go ahead and be seated. You know, on Monday, I started receiving numerous texts and messages from people asking how they could help the homeless. And over and over, the, the message was, I, I know with this cold and I know with this snow, there have, there have to be a number of people who are in need. Do they need transportation? Do they need a place to stay? Is there, is there anything I can do? And I cannot tell you how happy that made me to know that we have people as a family of faith 
who want to help. And as I thought about the reality of the, some of the situations that some of these folks were in, it was just an overwhelming thought. I mean, imagine being out in that cold with all that snow and feeling that no one in the world cares. When I think about their physical reality, I think about the spiritual reality of many people in our city. Some of you sitting here today, you're out in the cold, spiritually speaking. You do not have the warmth of God in your life. You're on your own. And quite often it seems that no one cares. The worst thing is for those who do not know Christ. This is as good as it gets. If you are without Christ, I want you to understand, this is as good as it gets. This sin-torn, broken world. This is as close to hope as that you're, you're ever going to get. But for the redeemed of God, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, I've got good news. And here's our hope. This is as bad as it gets. This is as close to hell as that we will ever come. We will not get any closer than this moment right now. Because this is, in this lifetime, this will be the last time we see sin. This will be the last time we see brokenness. Because once we go to be with our Lord, we will be with Him forever. And there will be no more death and no more dying and no more tears and no more pain. And that is our hope. Amen? And this hope we have is not meant to be a secret. This hope we have is meant to be shared. It's meant to be told. It's meant to be lived. It's meant to be a way of life. And and as we live this, there is a completion to our faith. There, there is meaning to our faith. There is there's power in it. But for us to have the hope and to share it, we've got to know what it is. And our text today, it, it, it shows us. It shows us so much of what our hope is. And so let me encourage you to take notes and think about some of these things. Write this down. Hope is, first of all, the object of our hope. The resurrected Christ. Hope is the object of our hope, the resurrected Christ. Verse 3 says, That which, which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you. Please understand, we do not have faith for faith's sake. We have faith based on a fact. Jesus is God, lived a holy life, died to pay for sin, and now has been resurrected and is alive and will return again. That is a fact. And that is what we base our faith in. Understand, your faith is only as strong as the object of that faith. Your faith is only as strong as the object of that faith. So if your faith is in you, your faith is only as strong as you are. If your faith is in, is in your money, is if, if your faith is in your looks, if your faith is in your health, if your faith is in your job, if your faith is in other people, then your faith is only as strong as and will last only as long as those things or those people or those things will. So where's your faith? 
What is the object of your faith? John says here, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. It's funny this week, watching people go out in ice and snow with rear wheel drive. And I think to myself, well, that's a lot of faith, isn't it? It takes a lot of faith to go out and rear-wheel drive. And having pushed a number of rear-wheel drive vehicles this week as I got out of my dirty four-wheel drive Jeep, I smiled a lot. And I thought their faith was strong, but it was in something that couldn't save them. It doesn't matter how strong your faith is if what your faith is in isn't strong and capable of saving you. My faith is in Jesus Christ. Why? Because He died to pay for my sin and then He conquered death. And that fact gives me hope. The object of our hope is the resurrection of Jesus. And this object makes us strong because we know that we are never alone. We know we are never unloved. We know we are never in eternal danger. We know that God's grace is sufficient. We know that God's love will never end. We know that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No matter what circumstances we're in, I... I'm sure by now most of you have seen or heard about the 21 Egyptian Christians who were killed by ISIS. And I hope that not all of you have seen the video because it's awful, but I will tell you the end of that video, ISIS really messed up. They really messed up. And I don't, I don't know that they're, if they're even aware of it yet. But they showed... The last words of those who died. And they never should have done that. Because there's power in that word. They have no idea of, of the power that is in that name. Because see, the last word spoken by the last martyr was Jesus. And there's power in the name of Jesus. There's no other name by which man can be saved, except by the name of Jesus. And so, unbeknownst to them, they broadcast the gospel. And they made known the hope of these men. Jesus. And as a believer, I smile because I know that the last thought on their mind and the last name on their lips was the next reality that they had as they were in the presence of Jesus. As they knelt before their king and they heard him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. My, the hope we have. Oh my, the power of this hope. Our hope is in the resurrected Christ. So death does not fear, does not scare us. And we have no fear in life because he is with us. The object of our faith is the resurrected Christ. And that's what our hope is. Second, hope is the blessing of our hope. 
Hope is the blessing of our hope, the fellowship of a church. A church. I want to just explain that, make sure we understand that. It says in verse 3, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Now look, fellowship is more than a potluck dinner. Although it doesn't hurt to have a potluck. Amen. Fellowship is the eternal union that we each have with Jesus that makes us one in Him. And the greatest blessing in life is, is having Jesus as your Savior and King. And one of the products of being a child of God, being saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, is that we become a part of the family of God. We become members. Now notice this. We become members of the church. What is the church? It's all people from all time saved by grace through faith in Jesus. All people at all times saved by faith in Jesus. You mean there was a church in the Old Testament? Yep. How were they saved? Faith in Jesus. How? Looking forward to the cross. You mean they were saved the same way we were? Yep. Faith in Jesus, looking forward to the coming of Christ. How are we saved? Looking back to the cross of Jesus. One church, one people, one faith that saves. And that is the church, all of us who believe. But then there is a church, a local church, a saved people in covenant with Jesus and one another gathered to serve Jesus. I I want you to understand this. There is no concept in the New Testament of a Christian who's not a member of a local church. There's no concept of it. Somehow in North America, we've created the concept that you can be a Christian and not be a member of a local church. Now, I want you to understand, there is no concept of that. The epistles that were written were written to churches. The assumption that every Christian would hear that message from the Holy Spirit because they were a member of a local church. There's no concept in the New Testament of a person being a Christian who is not a member of the local church. Membership in the church and in a local church in particular is not meant to be like membership at a country club or or maybe at a department store. Because, see, it comes with responsibilities and blessings. Understand, every member is responsible for five things. Five things. Worship. To celebrate the life of hope. We talked about this last week. We talked about how important it is to make time to gather for worship. It's a commandment of Jesus. It's a commandment of the Word of God. Then to connect. That is to encourage the life of hope. To connect with other believers. To be in a home. To be in a circle, if you will, where where everyone's sharing. Everyone's talking. Everyone's there for everyone else. And there's an encouragement that is given, not only for what you're going through in life, but for what the Word of God says. That we might become greater disciples of the hope of Jesus Christ. To serve. To to help the life of hope. Listen, every, every church family has what every family has, and that is chores. And here's what's happening in our church family. Not everybody's doing their chores around here. There's a lot of folks just showing up, making a mess, and leaving. That ain't right. We're glad you're here. We want everyone to be here. You're supposed to be here. But understand that God the Father has gifted every single person who has been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone to serve. And if you're not serving, you're not doing your part. And you're going to have to answer to the Father for that because He's the keeper of the chores list. 
And he's going to want you and expects us to do our part. Fourth, equip, to grow in the life of hope. To be equipped to, to, to as saints, to be equipped to the, for the work of the ministry and then multiply to share the life of hope. And all of us are responsible to share the gospel, to, to be a part of what God is doing. At Living Hope, we have a set of beliefs and values, a vision and a mission that we're committed to. And you learn about these in our membership class. I want you to notice, look in your bulletin if you would. There's a small card. It's an insert. And many of you have been asking me about membership out in the lobby at the end of the service. And I'm excited by that. And here's what I want you to know. If you want to be a member, you have to come to a lunch and there's some steps that you have to take. Uh, We don't just do it at the end of the service in four minutes and hope that everyone votes okay and then we move on. It's just not how we do it. I know there's some churches that we don't do it that way. Ours is a process. And if you would like to be a member, I want to make this as easy as possible on you today as I can. Write your name, put your email or some contact information, and sign up for our next. We're going to do a membership class on March, I believe, March the 8th. And so if you want to be a member of the church, it couldn't be any easier than what we're doing right now. Sign your name, email, or our contact number, and then take it to the uh, Guest Connect, take it to the Welcome Center, give it to them, and you're signed up for the next class, and we'll follow up with you. You need to be a member of a local church. And the church family you belong to is crucial. Uh, It's one of the most important decisions of your life because it it will define what you believe. It will define how you grow. It will define how you serve. And it will impact how, how you impact the world. I love our church because of the impact we get to have. I love our church because of what we get to do. There's not a week that goes by that we're not somewhere in this world making a huge impact for the cause of Jesus Christ. And how does that happen? It happens through members serving our Father and using their gifts for His glory. And it's time for some of you to stop dating us and join us in covenant. Some of you have been dating us for years. I talked to a couple a few weeks ago. How long have you guys been here at Living Hope? Oh, three years. You've been dating us for three years? Dating for three years as adults without getting married? That is not right. I had a youth worker years ago who was dating this girl. Had dated her for almost two years. And I just finally said, dude, you need to get married. He's like, but there's so many other things I want to do before I get married. And I said, then break up with her. He goes, oh no, I don't want to break up with her. She's the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. Then marry her. And he did. And they did all those great things together. And it was better. Listen, it's time for some of you to quit dating us. It's time to step up and take responsibility and become a covenant member. Hope is this, this hope, this blessing of our hope. It's the fellowship of the church. Third, hope is the love of our hope, the love that we have in the Father and Son. It says here, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Love that song. Oh, How He loves us. How He loves us so. He loves us. I love Romans 5.8. But God shows His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for us is unconditional. He loves us despite the fact that He shouldn't. God should hate us as traitors. God should despise us and reject us because every one of us in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that is treason. But God has loved us. We were watching um, the Chronicles of Narnia the other night. Uh, I and the kids were watching this. 
and it came to the part where Aslan was dying for Edmund. And I just remarked to the kids, I said, guys, this is the love of Christ. We are Edmund. We've committed treason. We deserve to die. But, but God loves us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And that beautiful picture and the genius of, of Lewis to be able to say it without saying it, here is the gospel. God has come to live, to die, to be raised, that we might live again and live with Him forever and to fellowship with Him in love. Because, because Christ has died, we can now be reconciled to God. We can now have a relationship with God. We can fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we can do that in love. That is, that is the hope we have. Our hope is, is the love of our hope, the Father and the Son. And then last, hope is the joy of our hope. And what is the joy? The shared gospel. It says, look, don't miss this. And we are writing these things so that our joy, look at this, may be complete. And, and I want you to understand that there are some of you here who are followers of Jesus who have joy, but you have an incomplete joy. An incomplete joy. See, the, the joy of seeing God's design restored, not only in your life, but in the life of someone else, completes your joy. You guys, I, I'm going to hammer this because in the, in the, over the next few weeks and months, I'm going to be asking you to use this aggressively in your life. The three circles. We understand God's design was harmony, but because of sin, there's now brokenness. That's why there's divorce. That's why there's relational conflict. That's why there's death and sickness and pain. But Jesus has come. The gospel is real. God has come to die for sin. And if we will repent of sin, turn away and believe that Jesus Christ is God, that he died for our sin, that he's been raised, we are then free from sin. We are free from the power of sin and the punishment of sin. And so now we are free to recover and pursue God's design. And a part of God's design is, it is not only us becoming more and more like Jesus in the way we live in our heart for God. It's also in our ability to be like Jesus, to spread the love of God through our life, through sacrifice, so that others can believe and so that others can be saved. He says here, and we write these things so that our joy may be complete. There's something in sharing the gospel that completes the joy of of a believer. A way to think about it is this. And I don't know if this was the case for you. Maybe it wasn't. But this is the case for a lot of folks. When a guy first falls in love with a girl, there comes that moment when he knows he loves her, but he hasn't said it yet. And it's such an awkward time because he knows how he feels and he thinks he knows how she feels, but it's still so scary to say those three words. Why? Why is it so scary to go to the person that you love and to say, I love you. It's scary and it's hard because there's still a part of you that knows that you don't know how she might respond. Because there's nothing worse 
than <laughs> being on a date with a girl and, and looking deep into her eyes and saying, I love you. And her saying, thanks. Nothing will make you want to vomit more than hearing thanks. Because it's not being received. It's not being reciprocated. And here is what I know about most of you who do not share your faith in Jesus. You're afraid of how they'll respond. You're afraid they might reject you. You're afraid of how it might change the nature of your relationship. And I get that. And that's right. And that's true. Because see, once you share the gospel with someone and you share the hope of your salvation, you're now out on the line. You are now the embodiment of the message. You're now the ambassador, the witness, the representative. And if they, hearing you explain the gospel, say, thanks, that defines a distinctness in your relationship and a way of life that you don't share. But friends, hear me. It is not our job to change or save anybody. That's God's job. Our job is to share the hope. And I want to tell you something. I know when a young man, when he's so scared and it's time to say those words, the love is not complete until the words are said. See, you can feel love, but until those words are expressed, it's not completed yet. And you can have joy. You can have the joy of the Lord. But until you share that joy, that joy is not complete. John writes to the church and he says, our joy is complete because we, that's why we're writing this. That's why we're sharing with you the gospel because it completes our joy. It enables us to know the full extent and to step out and to say with faith, I believe this is my hope. Some of you, the joy is not complete. Some of you, your faith is weak. Because you don't have faith in the right object. And some, your life is not where it should be because you're not a member of a local church. And this morning, all of that needs to Right now, as a matter of fact. Some of you need to come and get on your knees and accept the love of Jesus. Repent of your sin, believe, and be saved. Some of you today need to sign up and you need to come get on your knees and say, God, I'm going to join this church and I want you to bless me. And then there's a lot of us who need to be saying, Lord God, it scares me. But it's time for me to complete my joy. It's time for me to be a witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that begins by you asking God to give you the courage and the words and the person to begin praying for, for their salvation. And I want to invite you to do that today. So let's stand together as we pray together. And as you have opportunity now to come and get on your knees and ask God to do a miracle. Father God, there's nothing that we can do of eternal value. All we can do is serve you. And it is you who can change eternity for the life of a person. 
So right now I pray for some who need to come and get on their knees and repent of their sins and believe and be saved. And I pray for some who need to come and say, Lord God, I've stalled. I've dated this church long enough, whether it's been one week or one year or decade. I pray today there will be some who will say, today is the day, Father. Bless me as I join this family. And then for some who need to come and pray for lost family members, friends, people that live in their neighborhood, who need to come and ask for the courage and the boldness to complete their joy and to share the hope of the gospel they have in Jesus. So, Lord God, as we have this opportunity now, would you, would you be honored to answer the prayers of those who come and be glorified in the praise that we sing. In Jesus' name, amen.